Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the PCN Podcast. My name's Brazilian. Alongside me, we got AJ. On our panel today, we got Bidon, Dorsey, and Zlatan. And before we get in today, I just want to say a special thanks to our sponsor, the FIFA World Cup, for inspiring some big upsets and ridiculous scorelines in the most recent match days of PCN. River Plate still sit atop the league with a plus 68 goal difference. Lots of credit to the defense for only conceding 15 goals thus far, but a loss to Arsenal may have come as a surprise to the Argentinian Giants, who up until now had only lost one game. They're still nine points clear of second place, and I don't think they're the type of team to choke a lead like this, but there's still time in the season for change. Let's see where it takes us. Thoughts? I think River Plate have kind of started to put their foot down on the rest of the league. They beat Manchester United and Young Boys, two of their rivals at the top, and they drew Orlando. They kind of weren't scoring as much at the beginning of the season, but they're definitely leading in goals scored, and they still have only conceded 15. So they just look like the dominant force. It's going to take kind of a miracle at this point, I think, for anyone to catch them. Young Boys have revitalized their Milan days and sit in second place, typical for them. Basically first place because that top spot always seems to be so far out of reach. Only dropping points this week to a masterclass River Plate, though. And I heard they had one or two unlucky goals. Heard their keeper that first game must have been quite the trash can. Anyways, not a lot of points separating second through sixth, so the competition is still very fierce. Young Boys did actually lose another game. They did lose to Roma as well last Sunday. So that's the kind of points that, you know, even though Roma are a team we've said in the past are capable of beating a top team, if you're Young Boys, you want to win the title. You, that's, a, that's a team you just can't lose against at this point in the season. Agreed. Orlando sit in third, and what a season they've been having. Also only dropping points to River Plate, although in this case only two instead of three. Farther postponed game against Juventus, and we have ourselves a very informed team, all things considered. Only one point off of second place, and with a team as solid as theirs, it's difficult to really predict a, a final top four. What do you all think? From second to seventh, you know, there's nine points, but there's some teams that have played more games. Juventus, they do have two games in hand, so I think right now the top four, I think River Plate, Young Boys, Orlando, and Juventus are all going to be in the top six. I think it's going to be a really interesting battle between Arsenal, Man City, and Man U, I think, for those last two spots in the top six. I don't think anyone else is going to get into that top six, and I don't know. We'll just see. It's going to be really interesting coming down to the final days who's going to get into their fifth and sixth. Yeah, definitely. Juve are starting to turn things on again, upping themselves to fourth place, utterly manhandling Borussia Dortmund 9-0, but dropping points to Chelsea in a 1-1 draw. They have a little more work to do, Four points behind third, but you can never really count out the old lady. However, I don't see them sinking lower than fourth, but I don't really see them climbing higher than third. Could Juve be a team that surprises us going forward? I think that Juve is always a good side, man. And as you've seen, they've had three titles. You can never discount them. I know Italiano wasn't playing games. He had he was on hotel uh, Wi-Fi, so he wasn't playing some games, and they slipped out of form. But I think they're back in form. Arsenal have kept up their hard work and continue their top six crusade. Sitting in fifth, they only picked up two wins in the last week, but one of them was a shock 2-1 upset over River Plate. While they would have liked to do better against Atlanta and Man U, the win over River Plate might just be enough to keep them hungry for the rest of the season. I think momentum's on their side going forward, and I personally see them holding on pretty tightly to that top five spot. Do you think they're content with their win over River Plate, or do you think they're frustrated with the points they dropped? I think they needed that win, considering the other points that they did drop. I think that win against River Plate, they're a little too far out. I think 15 points back, even with the game in hand, to, to really challenge for the title. But they've been, to me, I think maybe the third or fourth best team in the league, probably on the balance of play this season. And 
we'll get to it a little bit later, but they were able to win some silverware this week, and I think that's the kind of thing that will just keep them motivated and keep them moving up and up. Man City have made their return to the top six talk once again on the podcast, but they're sitting danger close to being knocked out of it. Only dropped a point to Juve with a postponed game versus Schalke in hand. They've lost some key players at a crucial point in their season. Eber knows how to get players. His negotiating skills are good, especially under the table, wink, wink. So I don't doubt he'll be able to find suitable replacements. But Eber, do you, get, you think you guys can stay in the top six? At first, when we lost the three, it was definitely a hindrance to our team. But going forward, we've been on a win streak since we picked up, you know, Welty and Chris Boss. I think Chris Boss is going to be our long-term keeper for this season. I think what's interesting as well is that you originally, I think, planning to probably keep the same formation you've been playing all season, but you end up switching to a three-back. Sometimes a mid-season formation shift can be something that gets a team playing better. Sometimes it can be something that actually maybe takes away the form. So you guys have won three in a row, and I knew you'd respond well. So I'm, I'm just I'm curious to see how you guys kind of go, if you end up switching back at some point, or if you really find some success with this three-back going forward the rest of the season. Yeah, and with that, Dorsey, I felt that we were just kind of playing passively, you know, in the four one two one two narrow, and we really needed an aggressive attack. And the three five two has been a good switch for us. And if all goes well, I plan on uh, continuing with it. Leon have had an emigration of players recently. Five starters have left, and the ship that is Leon starting to sink. I called Roma the big six bogey team earlier in the season, but I don't know if I can use that excuse for them this time around. Thoroughly outclassed in a seven nil thrashing. I heard the goalie they signed for that game was a self-proclaimed VFL great, but I heard he also let in two 40-yarders that bounced before they went in. Leon have a lot of tactical adjustments to make if they want to hang on. They're safe from relegation, but keeping their better players at the end of the season means they need to turn this ship around. A 2-0 win against Tottenham seems to have been the silver lining, although star forward Misfit was seen in net. So power to you, my fine monkey-owning friend. It really pains me to see some of the things that happened to Leon. Of course, Brazilian and I are two of those players who left, and it wouldn't be fair if we didn't address that at all. From the start, it was a team that I think when Brazilian joined last season and myself and Vape and a couple others joined this season, we thought was going to be a top six team, was going to challenge deep in cups, and some things just didn't quite go as planned. There were some chemistry issues. There were things that just were kind of upsetting a few players, and I think it just was really unfortunate that a bunch of us around the same time decided we wanted to move on, so... Had I known that as many people would end up leaving Leon as they have, I think I probably would have stayed. I wouldn't have wanted that to happen. But by the time I had made my decision, I think a couple of others were just were thinking about it too. And, you know, Leek's a really good manager. I really hope he can get some good players to help them right the ship the rest of the way. They're still in ninth, so I think I think a top half finish would still be decent from this point out. But I just hope they don't kind of start sinking down the table the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. And I want to give a special shout out to Lego Dog, who's one of the co-managers I've talked to extensively. You know, I asked him, you know, you're a player that could find yourself on another team. Like, what what keeps you from doing that? He's like, loyalty. I'm going to stick here till the end of the season, despite what happens. I made a promise that I was going to stay, and for that I will. So, power to you, my friend. Atlanta United are on a bit of a hot streak right now. Ten points from their last four and moving up the table as a result. The mid-table's super tight. Eight points between eighth and twelfth, which is, you know, not the entirety of the mid-table, but a good chunk of it. I can see them pushing for a top eight spot, but it'll take a couple of favorable results for them to reach it. Thoughts? They are the form team in the league right now, other than a couple of teams at the top. They're all the way up to 10th. I think they've been in 15th, 16th for last season. They're third in the form table in the last six since they added Peanut and Gummy. So how high can they finish? I don't think they can really challenge for 
top seven, but right now the way they're playing, they're the best team out of anyone in that kind of eighth to twelfth range. So wouldn't surprise me for them to finish eighth and maybe have a good run in the Royal Cup as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Now, Dorsey here decided he didn't want to see his beloved Bayern sink to D1 and join them for the remainder of the season. Since then, they've won only one game in the last four, but they're still right on the verge of escaping relegation. Dorsey, what do you have to say about Bayern's final few games and what they need to improve upon to stay up this season? It's just some little things. They've gone through a lot of players this season, and I can see in some positions why they've, they've done that. There are some players, I think, that either out of position or maybe just not up to the standard. So we brought in a couple of players this week, and I, I think for the rest of the season, I think the key to keeping Bayern in the Super League is to find a formation that we can stick with and try to find the starting 11. Roughly a starting 11, you know, if it's 12 or 13, that we really consistently rely on. The, the biggest thing that can really hurt a team in a relegation battle is just switching things up every single game day. Beat New York City should have had a result against Liverpool last night in the league. So I think if we keep going at the rate we're going, I think we'll be able to have safety. But if Chivas or Milan, who have lost five straight each, if they start to get hot at any point, that'll make things that much tougher for us. Interesting perspective. Thank you, Dorsey. Now, Dortmund and Tottenham both sit deep relegation zone. Not much new to say, although Tottenham's the closest to escaping outside of Bayern. Chances aren't great given the remainder of the season. What needs to be better, and what should they be looking forward to in the future? I still am not sure if Dortmund have any real shot. They're just leaking goals like a sieve. They're still showing up, which is impressive to see, as we've said before. But I think as it goes along, 12 games remaining, they still only get one win all season. So I, I don't see it coming for them. Spurs, I think they won a game last night. And I know they just recently switched managers again. They've been switching back and forth between OG, Fears God, and Hank all season. And they have a new co-manager. So maybe with a few new players brought in, that will turn their tides. So I definitely don't think the relegation battle is anywhere near over yet. I definitely agree with that, but that does wrap up about what we had for Super League. Dorsey, onto the cup? Yep, onto the cup. We will start with our League Cup final from last night. I think it went as some of people certainly expected. Arsenal sitting in the top six, Bayern in the relegation zone. Classic case of top versus bottom. Could, could the underdog really do it? And I can say that we did not. <laughs> Arsenal were just the better team. You know, they've been a good team all season, and we were going to have to be pretty perfect to get a result. Just a couple out of position on the first goal, penalty for the second. By the time we got to the second half, we conceded early. It was 3-0. We just didn't have much going. Hats off to Arsenal. They really earned this one. But anyway, that's all for the League Cup. Congrats to Arsenal again. And now we are moving on to our second cup, which is the Royal Cup. We are down to the final 16. Our matchups are Ajax versus PSG, Arsenal versus Young Boys. Arsenal did beat Young Boys 4-0 in the League Cup, so it'll be interesting to see if they can continue that. We have Leverkusen versus Chelsea. We do have Juventus versus Bayern, which is probably one of the biggest mismatches of the first round on paper. We have a Manchester derby between United and City, also a clash of the top six. We have Orlando versus Atlanta. So can Atlanta keep up their hot form and knock out one of the big boys in the top six, or will Orlando hold serve? River played against New York City. I think no one is really going to be picking New York City in that matchup. And then we have Roma and Schalke, sort of a lower mid-table clash. We're going to have one game a week, two legs in these knockouts. So we'll have a little wrap-up every week about who's leading and who we think is going to go through. So looking forward to that. 
And that'll do it for the Cub discussion. Going to move on to D1 with my main man, AJ. Thank you, Dorsey. Well, where do I want to start? All right, Division One. I guess probably at the top. I started there all year. Leverkusen, they're leading the league with 58 points. One of the amazing stats that pops out to me, as I said last week, was that they're leading in all team stats. And uh, they also have a plus 50 goal differential, which is 18 goals ahead of the, of the next closest team. They've been doing really good. They also just acquired two new starters from Inter. And so they're looking like the favorite coming down to the last three game days going in. That is controversial. We have not seen too many instances where top team has bought out multiple players from a team directly below them in the standing. So team of the season type players as well. Yeah. So I, I actually didn't see I heard I heard rumors of this. I didn't actually see that it went down. So that'll be really contentious. I feel like if Inter go on to somehow win the title, there will be lots of words said about those two players. Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Not to be no knock on Inter, though, because they're only, they're only six points back and they got a couple games in hand. They've been solid all year. All year they've been playing that, that defensive type of ball, but it's been working because they're sitting right there at the end of the year to be able to go ahead and get promoted up to, to Super League. Benfica with 49 points. We all know they're a solid team. they got a lot of games coming up, and really they're, they're all in control of their own destiny due to their scheduling. If they were to win out, they would definitely get promoted. So that's something to, something to think about with them. And we also have somebody on the panel that happens to have a little bit of an influence when it comes to Benfica. Beat on. And I have a little bit of influence. I just put together a really good group of players, and it's kind of worked out. But we're not out of the trouble zone. There's only like eight points separating third and eight. So, I mean, it's a close D1. I wasn't in this league last year, but by my understandings, this D1 has been really interesting this year. Just recently played Leverkusen, didn't you? I was... We did. We had a rematch. Uh, we had to actually use one of our reschedules to play them early. And we put four goals on them in the first half, and then they locked it down, came back, almost won the game. It was a very, very tight game, but my boys were really proud. I, I mean, I have to give a shout-out because Mad Kev at Leverkusen is hard to handle. He, he is fast, and he puts in goals. <laughs> Lost to them 5-0, like not this Wednesday, but the last Wednesday. And so you're able to get that revenge 4-3 win, which keeps you kind of the outside looking in for the title, but it keeps you in the race, I think. Well, I've looked at the scheduling coming up, and uh, we have Inter again on Wednesday. If we win out, we'll finish second. If Leverkusen can drop a little bit, then we, we can still win the title. Kind of going back to Kev with Leverkusen, you know, Liverpool mad Kev. He's leading right now with 38 goals. Behind him, we have, you know, Lewandowski, who also who plays for Benfica, who you're familiar with, Bidon. Any words about your striker? Any shout-outs yeah, you'd mean, like to give to him? I mean, we don't have to tell Louis anything. He just gets in good spaces and scores goals. But We don't play for stats, but I still feel like he's got a really good shot of, of finishing at, with the golden boot for D1. I mean, if you look at the, at the team of the season standings, my whole team's basically top 20. Like, we don't play for stats, they just come. That's a good way to be. You know what I mean? That was the one stat I put up. I just want to see who was leading with goals, and Kev's doing great, and Louie's doing great. It's fun to look at. It definitely brings you over. Still in the race, we got Ajax at 44. I feel like they're just kind of hanging in there. I know they beat us. They're just they're right there, and the team right behind them is America with 43 points. You know, they've kind of been just like the slow elevator. 
through the whole season, just starting from here and just going up and going up and going up and going up. And I feel like they got a they got a good team, so it's gonna be fun to see where they kind of finish up. Shakhtar is my other shout out. We played them last week, and I just feel like they've gotten better and better and better and better in regards to Daddy Aiken out there trying to get a team together and putting one together, even if it's six guys. And it's been competitive, but I feel like the whole season has been competitive. I know it's my first full season, and a lot of you guys have many more seasons under your belt than I do, but I've learned quite a bit. And I got to say, it's been pretty fun. Uh, it's kind of reached a point now where I'm like, I'm just enjoying playing the games. And I don't know, Beaton, do you feel that way? I've loved it, man. I've loved every minute of it. It's been, a, it's been a great season. It's been good to get my own team and be able to play as friends and not try to boss people around. It's just so much better this way. When you mentioned in IX in America, I think you kind of parsed over how close the race for the playoffs are. Oh, it's close. Yes. Up there with 44 in fourth, but RB Lightspeed are in eighth place with 41. So three points separate fourth through eighth. So I think any of those top three will at least make playoffs. But I think that race for like the top six, because that's the cutoff for playoffs. I think that'll be really interesting coming down to the wire. Barcelona had a bit of a comeback this week. So Leipzig and America have been kind of the close teams. And then, your boys in Napoli, you know, you're not We're trying. You're not out of the woods. We're not. We're trying. And you know, I think also America gets overlooked. America's only allowed 25 goals. America, I mean, yes. We, we played them. They're they're tough defensively. Yeah, it makes it feel good. Like Dorsey, you just alluded to, eight teams all have a shot, and you realize that's that's kind of the cool thing is that's half the table. But I don't feel like that bottom half of the people that would get in or the top six, they're not horrible teams they're all legitimate teams and so it's been fun to kind of see that battle towards that whoever's in that third spot you know whether it's inter or benfica or who knows i mean maybe even leverkusen in that tournament three four five six that single elimination tournament that's going to be that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun also i feel like it's been a good first season at least for me it's been a good season i hope for pcn as well and there have been some other teams just a little further down the table porto is a team that have as the season's gone on, they've been getting a little hotter and hotter. They've won four out of six. They look like they have a good shot to finish ninth place after being in 11th and 12th for a lot of the season. PSV are still, since they have the new management, they're up to six wins in total. They've won three out of five. I could easily see them shooting up as high as maybe 11th or 12th. You know, there's these teams at the bottom. LA Galaxy are kind of starting to work their way out from the bottom. So there's these teams at the bottom that, you know, maybe they're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to be in the playoff mix this season, but they're setting themselves up for a really good season nine. All right, and thank you for all that D1 discussion, AJ. With our next PCN podcast interview, we have our longtime PSG manager and striker, Stay High Playa. He is Canadian, and he has had a number of very, very successful seasons here in PCN. So just want to say thanks for coming on today. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Thanks a lot for having me on here, Dorsey, and good to see uh, another familiar face, Squid, here. Hello to all the viewers and listeners. Obviously, the listeners, not viewers, but it's all good. Well, technically, if they click on the YouTube video, they are watching it. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Where did the name Stay High Playa come from? It's one of the first gamer tags I picked from the very first Xbox I was created. Like, was that 15 plus years ago? To be honest, I just never changed it. I just didn't see a reason. I think I even still have the free gamer tag change that I could probably use, but. I figured that going going this long, might as well keep it strong, right? 
So how did you get into PCN? Like who kind of introduced you? And then how did you become PSG's manager for season four? So we used to just roll just standard division one clubs and on numerous club names. And I'm sure you've all heard of them, you know, usually a vulgar name. I don't know if I should probably mention it just for censorship, but those of you who know me, they, we've all played on them. And from there, what happened is actually M12 by, he mentioned something about PCN and uh, I was, I was kind of curious, you know, we had enough players. We were always running, you know, 10, 12 people in the party. One guy kind of waiting to jump in stuff like that. So I figured, okay, I kind of jumped in. I signed in as a, as a manager and I didn't even know what I was getting into. Like I had no idea how to sign players, you know, how to release, how to, how many players I needed, you know, the, the fact that there was a goalkeeper required, stuff like that. So once I read the rules, I was like, okay, we can probably handle this. And then 12's like, you know, I got this. He helped me with the stats, you know, and all that kind of in the beginning. Of course, Dorsey, you as well. I think I hit you up probably about 15 times and same with Ricky. And uh, anyway, once we got through that, we started off great. We had the same people, brought in a few new guys, met some familiar faces that uh, you, all, you all know. But uh, ever since then, it's just been history. That was season four. And it's just been kind of history since then. You know, players in, players out. A few core members still. And I think the only two core members that are still here from day one are Lupe and Sika, to be honest. So from there, it's, you know, it's just been history. I've always been really impressed. You've been managers since season four, never taken a season off, anything like that. And Sika and Lupe are the only two who stuck with you the whole way. But there's been a number of players like M12, like Kermit, like Fencing Guy. A lot of these guys, yeah. they're there for two, three, four seasons. You're able to exactly. be able to stick with you longer than I think a lot of managers are, which is a credit to, I think, your management style and just how kind of easygoing you are. You know, I appreciate that. Yeah, guys that have stuck with me since, I think, season five or six, you know, fencing, Braveheart, you know, and uh, you can't forget guys that we've just recently signed that have really turned the tables. I mean, right now, i got to be honest, going from third place last season to where we're at, we're at 14th. It's a little frustrating. So what we did is we kind of made some changes. We brought on a new left mid, uh, Spicy Beetle. You know, he's been a wrecking ball in that left mid. You know, guys like uh, Chorizo and Stanky is still with me from previous season, but Chorizo is a new signing. He's been doing great. Snowboarder, you know, he's been a rock on that CB front. A new signing was Foot King. And I think the last new signing was uh, Southern. Southern on the cam front helped me out with uh, Braveheart because Braveheart's uh, availability kind of changed up. So I look for players that are here to stay, you know, be loyal to the team. And I think it shows, you know, a lot of the guys have at least stayed two seasons, you know, and then we leave on good terms. Dorsey, you know, we played international with us. And you're always welcome to play again with us. The same with goes for the guys that have come in and left, you know, stuff like that. So, Yeah, for sure. And so speaking of international, you're managing Panama this World Cup after two stints as Netherlands manager. There were some ups and downs. I think the first World Cup last summer, we <laughs> topped our group. We had the most points of anybody in the group stage, and then we went out. We were killing. We went on the very first knockout game, and that hurt. So, oh, any, man. Any plans on how to take your team to the next level and find a way to win this whole World Cup? The way I looked at World Cup is I figured, okay, we're allowed four players from your league team, and you have to be careful with what you do there. And number one, there's the political side of it. You know, you, you kind of let down a lot of your players when you pick four. They're kind of like, oh, man. The way I looked at it is, okay, you know what I'll do? I'll facilitate you. I know all these other managers. If you guys have a team that you're even remotely close to interested from there, it is to help everybody build more social aspect, you know, get to know everybody, more teams. 
from there, I figured what I'm going to do is I'm going to handpick players that I played against that I thought were really well played. And I thought, you know, maybe there's some some guys that would be interested in just kind of trying something different. And uh, I handpicked players, not even on stats. I didn't even look at stats. I just figured over the seasons, there's a few guys that, I've, that have stood out. And we'll see what happens. I, I hope we get somewhere with it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really interesting approach. Just I, I know there were a couple of teams in the Euros that, they, I think they got like half of the D1 team a season. So I think they, instead of mm-hmm. looking at the, who the best players were, like by playing, I think they just went, oh, these are the guys who did the best stats. And they kind of, yeah. I think that didn't team did okay. But I think going more on people you remember playing, I think that's a really interesting way of doing it. The and, biggest thing is playing against, right? Because then you, the guys that really take you down and take you out and really give you a hard time, you remember those guys. You know what I mean? You respect them because you're like, damn, they were good. So it's a good it's a good opportunity to to try and bring them on to your side and see you know just see if the chemistry's right. I mean, if it does, you may have a, a really good weapon. It's a great time to meet people. It's a great time to go around and play with new people. That's what I did last during that World Cup. Is I trialed around for about ten or eleven of the sixteen teams. You were kind of one of my two finalists. Eventually, I decided to sign with you. It was a great time. Played really well. Till the finals. And then Euros, I managed for the first time. It was my first managed job was with Iceland. And that had ups and downs, but I learned something from that. I recommend doing that for a lot of people. Even if you're kind of a nervous person or you just want to play with your friends, like I recommend getting out there and just trying to play with some new people. It's really fun. And you never know, you might meet somebody that you'll play with down the line or you'll, you'll be managing. And you're like, hey, I remember trialing with that dude. He was really good. You can reach out to them. And if you played well, they liked you, you like them, then that's someone you can rely on in the future. Totally agree, Dorsey. All right, and just a couple more questions before we get you out of here. So you've been PSG manager for five seasons. A lot of them have been successful. This has definitely been, I think, your roughest by some measure. But do any of them kind of stand out as your favorite? Any any big highlights in that time? Well, favorite, I mean, obviously favorite would be our highest finish. And what happened there, I think one of our biggest hits was losing our full-time keeper, Kermit. I let him, uh, you know, have some fun for international, play on uh, another team, and then I think it developed into a season, this season here for him. Ever since then, to be honest, it's been difficult finding a keeper that's that's able to meet the same availability, and that's actually been our struggle. And what's happened now is actually our right mid Lopez, out of nowhere, stepped into the goalkeeper front, and he has been owning it. If anything, it comes down to us in the mid to strike the defense to figure it out. And as long as, you know, he's given a good opportunity, he'll save it. So props to him. Hats off. And then lastly, this is a little bit controversial. Whenever this topic comes up, you're someone who comes up in that and they're kind of like, why do they do that? So you're one of the very few strikers I know of who play in PCN or anywhere full time on Pro K. I'm sure you know this is coming. Why do you think it works best for you? Why do you think the people kind of criticizing you are wrong to do so? Oh, every single person I've played with has given me crap about that. And I listen to them. I try side to side. But here's what happened in FIFA 14 when I first played pro clubs. I kind of thought, okay, is this the direction of where it's going? I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to get used to it, get with it. You know, kind of like something new. I'm like, okay, so I stuck with it. Honest to God, after two years of playing it and trying to go back, it's like I have to relearn the game. It almost feels like, where am I at now? So from there, I just feel like, you know, that's where I'm at. That's my view. And hopefully, you know, future FIFAs, they don't change it on me because then I may be stuck in a situation, relearn a little bit. (laughs) That much of an impact. They both got their pros and cons. I mean, from the pro view aspect, the thing is a lot of your depth perception, 
is a little more difficult because you've got to run towards the ball while you're looking behind it. You're looking behind your player. That's one difficult aspect. The other thing is your vision does cut off a little bit when you do possess the ball. The thing with side to side, I found I was stuck with having to use my select button a lot more, use my left bumper to hold my position a lot more. And it kind of threw me off a little bit, not to mention I'm, I'm shooting to the right instead of straight up where I've been doing for so long. They both got their pros and cons. And I mean, I, I find just stick to what you're comfortable. And once you, if you do go out your comfort zone, just make sure you rip it around for, for a season. And then, you know, you have to commit to one or the other, though. That's the thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you having you on today. You're one of the rocks of PCM. Just want to thank you yep. for coming to the league and sticking around and always having good, fun teams and just being such a easy guy to get along with, great guy to play with. Yeah, just thanks for coming on. Appreciate that, Dorsey. Thanks for having me on, everybody, and uh, thanks for listening. Obviously, there's more to come, and uh, look out for PSG. You never know. We might we might take a good uh, – what do we got, 12 games left? Let's hope we get a 12-game streak. We're still in that Royal Cup. Let's get some silverware, baby. Uh, and uh, to all the teams out there, hey, if you're on the bottom half like we are, just know last season we were third. We're 14th right now. Just keep your head up, stick together, and just try to try to get through it. And uh, if you ever have any questions, man, you know Dorsey's always there to support you on the. And the same with myself, you know, if you ever have any questions, guys, hit up, stay high, or we can help you out with at least on how, how to maybe keep it more of a stable team. Because I notice there's a lot of teams that are switching around a lot, and sometimes you just gotta stick together, man, just ride it out. That's actually how you build your chemistry. So again, thanks, Dorsey, for having me on, and everybody have a good one. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening to this edition of the PCM Podcast. We're not going to have a show next week. We're going to take the week off with 4th of July to let everyone kind of enjoy their holiday. We'll be back the week after to wrap up the Division One season, see where we're at in the Royal Cup, and get a preview for the promotion playoffs for D1, as well as see if we can kind of predict the end of the Super League top of the table and relegation battle. So looking forward to being back with you guys very soon.